1: From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NoCo, a daily slice of northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Wednesday, February 7th. I'm Erin O'Toole. One of NPR's founding mothers, Linda Wertheimer, is leaving the mothership, as we public radio nerds like to call NPR. Wertheimer is a senior national correspondent, and her five-decade career marks a lot of firsts. She was the first director for All Things Considered when it debuted in 1971. Five years later, she became the first woman to anchor an election night as Democrat Jimmy Carter beat Republican incumbent Gerald Ford. Her political prowess and reporting chops then took her deeper into the halls of power as the first person to broadcast live from inside the chambers of the U.S. Senate. Lisa Nopoli chronicled her career.
0: And the men at first, you know, they might call her little lady. Uh, and she would say, hey, big senator. And she'd playfully push back at them. And, you know, she showed she knew her stuff. And that's really, in the end, what mattered and what got them the acceptance.
1: Napoli is the author of Susan, Linda, Nina, and Cokie, The Extraordinary Story of NPR's Founding Mothers. I spoke with her in 2021 as NPR was celebrating its 50th anniversary. We're listening back to that conversation today on the heels of Wertheimer's announcement. So the story of their careers, Linda and the other founding mothers, really begins in the early 60s and then, of course, continues through the 70s with NPR. What was the landscape of broadcast media like back then?
0: It was incredibly hard for women to get jobs at any level in the media, uh, particularly if they wanted their own byline or to do what you do, have your voice on the radio. It just wasn't allowed. Most of media at that point, and by media we mean at that point, television news and some limited radio news was controlled and fronted by men, usually white men. Uh, It was really difficult for women generally. It wasn't just in broadcasting. I mean, this was a time when ads were just beginning to not be segregated, black, white, men, women. If, if a woman got married, it was very difficult for her to factor her income into a mortgage application, say, or to get her name on a bank account if she wasn't married, because it was seen that women were always going to go get pregnant and, and leave their jobs or be told to leave their jobs. So the world was just completely different. And that was reflected in the media that we consumed.
1: And then along came National Public Radio, which set out to do things a little differently. It was kind of chartered with this mission to serve uh, people whose needs were woefully underrepresented by commercial broadcasting, as you write. Um, That principle extended to who they hired to work there. Um, Was that an intentional part of their thinking to hire women Yes, and and when we say they, we have to say that it was a man named Bill
0: Seemering who was an incredibly progressive person. All of public radio was nothing like we know of it today. It was very small. Most stations had tiny budgets. Most of the people who worked there were volunteers. So NPR, the creation of it in 1970 and the launch of it in 1971, created a whole new ecosystem. And this fellow, Bill Seemering, basically didn't want people from fancy corners of the universe, nor did he want people who were the same sorts of people you'd hear everywhere else. He decidedly wanted to create something that was different. So one great story of that is Linda Wertheimer walked in the door and she'd gone to Wellesley. And when he saw that, he was very concerned. He didn't want to hire somebody who'd gone to this rarefied East Coast school. But when she explained that she was in fact on scholarship at Wellesley and that her parents were grocers back in Carlsbad, New Mexico, He was
1: on board. I have to ask, when the voices of these women first hit the airwaves, how were they received? Well, it was very unusual to hear a woman on the
0: radio who was doing something other than talking about women's news, society, gossip, weddings, and gowns, and lunches, and stuff like that. So to hear a woman, especially in a smaller, more remote part of the country, who had a New York accent, as Susan Stamberg did, and who laughed with abandon, that wasn't what broadcasters did. Broadcasters sounded like this. All of a sudden, you had a people who sounded like us having a conversation. And that was a marvel. And some people, to your point, were not so thrilled about that. That was not what they were used to. Oh my God, women are talking. Oh, and they're talking about important stuff. Oh, that's terrible. But of course, these women, uh, Susan, the chief among them, were the people who got people used to the idea that women could have intelligent conversations on the radio about important subjects.
1: What was it like for these four women to to start coming up together and rising in this traditionally male dominated field? It was such a startup
0: mentality. It was such a scrappy place NPR at that time, and there were so few people that nobody had the time to discriminate. Once you walked in the door, and and Susan and and Linda both walked in the door before it went on the air, not in on air jobs, but what they saw was whoa, we only have five reporters. We better contribute, and they wanted to contribute. So, in their spare time, they picked up the microphone and did stories and got on the air that way. So, you know, it was underfunded, but it was a wonderful startup where anybody who's worked in one knows it's both really, really hard, but also really gratifying because it's got that let's put on a show mentality. We're all in it together and we'll all do whatever we need to do to get the program out there every day. Linda made herself the consumer correspondent because that was a big push in the 70s. And then from there, She started studying up on Congress uh, and learned so much about it that she was able to go into Congress and and report. And the men at first, you know, they might call her little lady uh, and she would say, hey, big senator. And she'd playfully <laughs> push back at them. And, uh, you know, she showed she knew her stuff. And that's really, in the end, what mattered and what got them the acceptance.
1: I think it's important to note that all of the founding mothers are white women, Uh In a way, it sort of plays into the NPR stereotype that the audience is built of white wine-drinking tote bag using liberals. Um, Why were none of the founding mothers women of color, and has NPR done things since then to try to diversify?
0: To the latter question, yes, I'm not affiliated with NPR. So I, I can only say that as an observer, I notice that there is a push. However, as far as the first four women, I can say that what happened is that the very beginning, that founding father, Bill Seamering really dearly wanted to make sure he didn't have a homogenous staff. Who walked in the door were people who were sadly mostly white because that's how media worked back then. There wasn't a recruitment effort. It wasn't an HR effort. It was just who knew who, who came in and who got the job. And Bill did try to hire as a co-anchor, a black man, but that man didn't want to give up his job at ABC, which was a really good job, to come work for this untested place. So I always think in, that, in the face of the question you just asked me, if that hadn't been the case, how different the scene would have been set. But it really is, it's not a failing of NPR as much as it is a failing of our society and a gradual change in our society, both with women and with race.
1: Lisa, this has been so great. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you so much for having me and for all your thoughtful questions. Lisa Napoli is the author of Susan, Linda, Nina, and Koki, the extraordinary story of NPR's founding mothers. One of those founding mothers, Linda Wertheimer, just announced her retirement after more than 50 years at NPR. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back tomorrow with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Darren O'Toole. We'll see you next time.